Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will and Hubble discovered a new galaxy. Issa is prepping a solar orbiter and it's colder in the United States than it is on Mars. Also, Elon Musk explains uh, SpaceX layoffs and much more in this episode of the Space News Podcast. But before we get into that, I want to say thank you to... Uh, everybody who supported the podcast, everybody who's subscribed to the pod, everybody who's listened to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash space news podcast. That's patreon.com slash space news podcast. Also, um, uh, social media, social media, space news podcast or no, it's just space news pod. And um, at our website, space news Thank you so much for all of your support. And I'm going to continue to do this podcast forever, forever, ever. So thank you so much for all of your support. Now let's get into some news. Our first bit of space news today comes from the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, it accidentally found a galaxy. An international team of astronomers uh, recently used Hubble to study a white dwarf within the globular cluster NGC 6752, and the aim of their observations was to use these stars to measure the age of the globular cluster. But in the process, they made an unexpected discovery. In the outer fringes of the area observed with Hubble's advanced camera for surveys, a compact collection of stars was visible. And after a careful analysis of their brightnesses and temperatures, the astronomers concluded that these stars did not belong to the cluster, which is part of the Milky Way, but rather they are millions of light years more distant. This new discovery is a modestly sized elongated galaxy. It's nicknamed Beaton 1, and it measures only around 3,000 light years at its greatest extent, a fraction of the size of the Milky Way. Not only is it small, it's tiny. But it says it's also really faint. It's hard to see. And these properties led astronomers to classify it as a dwarf spheroidal galaxy. Dwarf spheroidal galaxies are defined by their small size, low luminosity, lack of dust, and old stellar populations. 36 galaxies of this type are already known to exist in the local group of galaxies, 22 of which are satellite galaxies of the Milky Way. So 
we have our Milky Way galaxy. We have satellite galaxies of our galaxy. That's crazy. That's huge. Like that's that's mind blowing. Um, you know, these spheroidal galaxies aren't uh, uncommon. They're, you know, they're pretty normal. And Beaten One has some notable features, though. Not only is it one of just a few dwarf spheroidals, that's hard to say sometimes, that have a well-established distance, uh, but it also it's also extremely isolated. It lies about 30 million light years from the Milky Way and 2 million light years from the nearest plausible large galaxy host, NGC 6744. And this makes it possible um, that it's the most isolated small dwarf galaxy discovered. And from the property of its stars, astronomers were able to infer that the galaxy is around 13 billion years old, nearly as old as the universe itself because of its isolation, which resulted in hardly any interaction with other galaxies and its age. Uh, Beden 1, B-E-D-I-N, by the way, B-E-D-I-N 1 is the astronomical equivalent of a living fossil from the early universe. And, you know, Beden 1 was a truly serendipitous find. Very few Hubble images allow such faint objects to be seen, and they cover only a small area of the sky. Future telescopes with a large field of view, such as the W-First telescope, will have cameras covering a much larger area of the sky, and may find many more of these galactic neighbors. So Beaten One, a faint spheroidal galaxy, they found on accident. That's pretty cool. And going from cool to extremely warm, uh, there's a solar orbiter that ESA is planning for 2020. It's being primed right now and is ready to measure the sun's solar wind from a minimum distance of 42 million kilometers. That's about 26 million miles away from the sun. Put that into perspective, that's less than one-third of Earth's distance. And since it's going to be so close to the Sun, it's going to be a very, very hot mission for the solar orbiter. It'll experience 13 times more solar heat than Earth's orbiting satellites and trudge through temperatures that will soar to more than 500 Celsius, which is 932 degrees Fahrenheit. And they have to make this thing strong. They have to make sure that it doesn't get destroyed by the sun. So they have to make sure that it functions under those harsh conditions. It's going through a series of trials right now, which is why it traveled last month to the IAGB test facility in Autobrunn, Germany. It also went into a vacuum chamber there for thermal vacuum testing. But not only did it do that kind of testing, it did some other testing too. They used powerful lamps to simulate the sun's radiation and blast it with heat and the radiation akin to what the spacecraft will experience as it travels to its operational orbit uh, through its flybys of Earth and Venus. The final design of this thing, it'll be multi-layered. It'll be made of titanium. Um, that's the heat shield, and it'll protect it from the sun's direct light. During 99% of the mission operations time, the heat shield will protect Solar Orbiter but there will be more than a dozen maneuvers uh, where one of the side panels will be exposed to sunlight. Therefore, they need to know how the proto-flight model responds when the exterior of the insulation on those panels reaches a temperature of about 120 to about 150 Celsius. And they'll be using a high-gain antenna, a black high-gain antenna. 
and it's covered with the same kind of protective high temperature coating as the front of Solar Orbital's heat shield and based on the burnt bone charcoal and is developed by an Irish company, E-N-B-I-O, N-B-O, N-B-I-O, N-B-O, let's pretend it's N-B-I-O. Uh, this solar black coating was selected because it can maintain the same color and surface properties despite years of exposures to unfiltered sunlight and ultraviolet radiation. That antenna will sit at the end of a boom that's a meter long, providing a dependable, high bandwidth connection with our mother Gaia Earth. And let's go back to some freezing temperatures now. Freezing temperatures on Mars, but also absolutely really super cold temperatures in America right now. Parts of the United States will be colder than recent temperatures recording on Mars. And in fact, it will be even colder than the Arctic. Uh, that's crazy. That's really freaking cold. So on January 29th, the Curiosity rover had sent back a temperature of 19 degrees Fahrenheit and the low of negative 99 degrees Fahrenheit. Now we don't have to worry about the negative 99.4 degrees that NASA sent back, the Curiosity sent back, but in the Midwest, it's a different story. It's not super cold like that, but temperatures in Chicago went to negative 22 while the wind chill feels like negative 50. Minneapolis had it a little bit worse. Uh, they saw temperatures of negative 27 degrees Fahrenheit, while the wind chill feels like negative 53. And now from cold temperatures on Earth, the cold temperatures on the moon, a Chinese rover has found that lunar nights are colder than they expected. Temperatures on the moon's surface that went down to negative 190 degrees Celsius. That's negative 310 degrees Fahrenheit during the probe's first lunar night. This thing's on the far side of the moon. It's not getting much uh, much heat at this point. China's Change 4 probe, named after the Chinese moon goddess, made the first ever soft landing on the far side of the moon on January 3rd, but the scientists weren't suspecting that the temperature would go to minus 190 degrees Celsius, which is negative 310 degrees Fahrenheit during the probe's first night and it was way colder than the scientists expected. These temperatures were recorded after a two-week shutdown. It was a hibernation um, from this probe, and they were lower than those recorded by previous U.S. missions to the near side of the moon, and that's probably due to the difference in lunar soil composition between the two sides of the moon. But there's a good thing that happened. The rover that was released from the probe the U-22, which is the Jade Rabbit after the moon goddess's pet, resumed operations as planned on January 29th, a couple days ago, and it'll perform experiments in the Von Karman Crater. Now let's zoom back down to Earth. Kind of. Elon Musk was talking during a Tesla shareholder meeting. Somebody asked him about SpaceX and Musk said that SpaceX layoffs were due to the company's two absolutely insane projects. Starlink, which is a network of thousands of tiny satellites intended to bring global high-speed internet coverage, and Starship. Now, Starship is a gigantic rocket that SpaceX is building that's going to transport humans and cargo to and from the red planet of Mars. I'm going to quote Elon Musk. On the SpaceX side, 
The cost reduction was for a different reason unrelated to SpaceX has two absolutely insane projects that would not only bankrupt the company, their Starship and Starlink, and so SpaceX had to be incredibly spartan with expenditures until those programs reached fruition. So earlier this month, let's step back a little bit, SpaceX laid off about 10% of its workforce. That's around 600 employees across all of its departments. And SpaceX said in a statement that there are extraordinary difficult challenge ahead. And if the company is to succeed in developing interplanetary spacecraft in a global space-based internet. Starlink is going to be one of the things that brings SpaceX a ton of money. Um, but they're going head to head with several other proposed constellations of satellites that will promise to provide high speed broadband Internet to anyone in the world, anywhere. And in March, the FCC gave SpaceX permission for its plan to launch 4425 satellites into space, 4425 satellites. And SpaceX launched the first two test satellites last February and Starship. I've been talking about Starship a little bit recently because it's getting ready for a hopper test. Um, this is the giant spaceship that SpaceX is building that's going to ferry people to and from Mars and also supplies. And they had a little setback um, at SpaceX's facility near Brownsville, Texas. The top of it blew off. So it was high winds. The top blew off of it, set them back a little bit, but it's okay. They're fixing it up. It's going to be okay. They learned from their mistakes. These are the two things that are going to bring SpaceX a ton of money. And these are the things that they're working for the future. Like these are these are game changers. These are these are world changers. And other than those two things, SpaceX is focused on readying the Crew Dragon capsule for a maiden launch. And it's built as part of NASA's commercial crew program. Crew Dragon is aiming for a first test launch sometime in the next month. And if all goes well, SpaceX will then put NASA astronauts on Crew Dragon for the second test launch, possibly representing the first time U.S. astronauts will launch from U.S. soil since the end of the space shuttle program in 2011. Now, you know, Elon Musk was talking about SpaceX during a Tesla thing, and that's because they asked about Tesla. They asked about if SpaceX and Tesla, um, the layoffs were coinciding, if they had anything to do with each other. Elon Musk said no. No, SpaceX is different. You gotta understand that there's two different companies. This have nothing to do with each other. This one, we're changing the Earth with electric cars. And the other one, SpaceX, we're changing humanity with everywhere satellite and ferrying people to Mars. So that's what is going on with SpaceX. And here's what's going on with Space News Podcast. Um, here's a little insight. I'm probably going to be moving hosts of this of the podcast soon. Nothing's going to change. You guys aren't going to see any difference. But what's going to happen is um, I'm going to be able to fund the podcast a little bit easier. There might be an ad at the beginning of the podcast. So, you know, just bear with it. 30 seconds. And then after the podcast, 30 seconds. So if you can handle that, it's going to make sure that I can continue doing this for free every single day. And I wish I could do it without spending any money. I wish there was a free way for me to do this without spending any money. Um, Patreon is going to help. So if you go to patreon.com slash space news podcast, you can help out and contribute to the podcast. So I won't have to do ads at a certain amount of money per month. I can stop playing ads on the podcast. 
Right now, they're going to be 30 second ads at the beginning, one at the beginning, one at the end, and that's it. And then we're going to try to fund it that way. And, you know, for for the last hundred three months, well, hundred and what, eight episodes now, about three months, I've been doing this out of pocket, paying hosting costs and doing everything that I can, software and, you know, all that stuff out of my pocket. So I really do appreciate all of you guys that subscribe. And I really do appreciate anybody that listens to the pod and anyone who's a Patreon patron. Thank you so much for your patronage and for your continued support. Um, So I guess that's it for the Space News podcast today, everybody. My name is Will and, um, you know, have fun. Enjoy yourself. It's freezing cold outside. Don't go out there if you don't have to. (laughs) It's really cold. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know you want to. I know you're stuck in the house all day and it's negative 22 degrees outside. Just don't go outside. It's dangerous. So all my space cadets, thank you so much for all of your continued support. And I will see you soon. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.